Welcome to Mom Man Talk. I'm your host, Chisa Muang. On today's episode, we have a gentleman that is named Ethan Tao. He's the co-founder of Envision Golf. Ethan is an independent agent with First Financial Security and a certified national financial educator counselor. He graduated from the University of Fairbanks, Alaska. Ethan is married and has one child. In his spare time, Ethan enjoys playing golf, basketball, and shooting. Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew? Or you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. Hey everybody, we are super excited. We have a guest. It, it, he's from the West Coast and man, I heard it's pretty lit out there. It is, it's been kind of crazy over here uh, with everything going on. Ethan, welcome to the show. Excited to have you, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. I, uh, you know, again, I've, I've seen a couple of your shows and seen a couple of your uh, podcasts going around, but my wife actually, you know, really pushed me through this, so it's uh, kind of nice to be on here. Awesome. I hear the, what's the good old term behind a strong man to even stronger woman? I can't yeah. <laughs> phrase the quote, but I've seen it Something somewhere. like that. It's close enough, though. <laughs> close, cl- close enough. Yeah, you're from the West Coast, Sacramento. I hear it's pretty lit out there, and... Uh, we we hear about want to talk about uh, how do you your wife meet, man? Uh, we're actually high school sweetheart. Uh, oh, you know, we met we met up in uh, I was actually in Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska for a long for about eight years, and uh, you know we met in the cold winter at uh, at McDonald. <laughs> so it was uh, it was good, I guess. Did you make your first Everyone initial died. move? I did. I actually, it's funny because I actually was working at McDonald's during that time. And uh, she was uh, sitting and eating food. And I guess I just, you know, took everything from uh, the gut to go talk to her. And uh, that's, it all started from there. Did she give you, did you give, did uh, I mean, did you give the pe- the cheesy pickup line or she did? Like, can I get a McDouble with some with a little bit of shake <laughs> on there. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny you say that because um, you know I I didn't do one of the I didn't do the pickup line, but I knew that she was um, that her sister actually worked there. Okay. And then I was like, you know, I never knew this girl, and I was talking. It's funny because I talked to her sister, and I said, hey, do you know who she is? And she's like, well, that's actually my sister. I'm like, oh, okay. Can I get her number? And just and it kind of started from there. And we went, I went to go talk to her. And, uh, you know, uh, in the beginning, it didn't work so well because she was like, oh, man, who's this crazy guy coming to talk to me. But after a while, I guess it all worked well. <laughs> Long story short, right? It's been how many yeah. years now? It's, oh, I don't want to get this wrong. It's been nine, <laughs> nine years now. Yeah. Sorry, man, I got to put you on the spot. On the spot yeah. <laughs> she's going to see this, and she's going to say, well, it was in nine years. You know, they're, they're very <laughs> picky with the time, so. It's, um, um, if you can't remember the anniversary, man, don't kill me, dude. So, any my uh, problem. <laughs> don't worry, you're all the way over there, so. <laughs> Super exciting. Have You have an adorable little boy. Yeah, Asher uh, just had, uh, she just had him this year, January uh, 2020, the craziest year. Wow, you're dead. You're you're dead now too. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. Uh, I guess everything becomes a, you know, you kind of see the priorities of life, 
and uh, kind of changes you a little. But that's good, though. Change for the better. Great. One thing I wanted to ask you was, can you tell us, can you tell our listeners one thing we do not know about you? One thing you guys do not know about me is, um, well, I, I love, <laughs> I love golfing. Um, I, I competed against shooting and uh, handgun shooting for uh, quite a while, and uh, I still shoot every now and then. Hmm. Handgun shooting, man. I've been to the gun range once and shot a gun in my real life once. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I did do the gangster thing when you hold a gun sideways and shoot at it. And I can see why you can't, I can't even hit it point blank. And I can see Oh, it did. Why. So it didn't work. It didn't oh, work. Yeah. I always, I always thought people shot like that because it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get, get to that because you know why? You're an ex-police. Yes, I am an officer. Yeah, yeah so police officer. We are going to talk about that in this episode. But first, let's talk about your travels, man. You uh, mm-hmm. and your wife also went on like a fifty-state travel uh, between you two, right? We we did. Uh, you know, last uh, I'm gonna say in 2018, it was during that time that I was getting bored. I guess I'm, I'm kind of those people that can't stay still. And so me and, uh, so one day I talked to her and says, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's just quit our job and travel. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So this is, let's take back, like, like early 20s maybe, and give me the time yeah. and year, kind of an idea. Uh, I want to say two, uh, April or May around there, 2018. Oh, this um, is recent. Yeah, this is not too long ago. Oh. So we were, we were saying, you know what, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we're still young. We don't have a kid. Um, we don't have, you know, all we have is a job. We can find a job anywhere in the world. But let's go ahead and do this travel. So I bought a camper. I had a, you know, a truck. And we just kind of started from Alaska. Um, you know, the drive from Alaska to Canada, you think, a lot of people think that, oh, you know what, let's just cut down to Washington, but you can't really cut down to Washington because it's all water. So you have to go through Canada. And going through uh, Canada, a lot of people was like, oh, it's, you know, you can't, it's very strict at the border. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, you got to make sure that you have everything correct. They're going to check your vehicle and everything. Right when we got to the border of Canada, we came there and it was late. A lady was standing uh, I'm guessing a Canadian lady was uh, standing outside and she was saying, uh, well, what are you guys coming to Canada for? Where's that? We told her we were just passing through. And the lady was like, she stared at me for a good while and she's like, you guys have a, you guys have a nice family. Okay, bye. And we, so we just left. <laughs> but bad news in Canada, the first night right there when we got there, it was, I think, midnight or something. And in Canada, we, uh, we actually got Canadian money uh, before we went to Canada. And well, we didn't know how the currency worked. So the first night, this lady at the hotel, we actually got ripped off real bad, <laughs> real bad, because we didn't know how the currency worked. So we lost, uh, I think, like $50 just there. And the, the night was only like $10 originally. So she pocketed... 
you know, it says sixty dollars, whatever that converts to, but she pocketed fifty. But ideally, it was ten bucks yeah. for the night. Yes, it was only ten bucks for the night, and later on, we found that out later on. But it was only ten bucks for the night, and she pocketed a good uh, fifty dollars into her. And I'm like, that didn't stop you from your trip. Like, screw Canada, we're going back to Alaska. <laughs> well, no, because we. But it was um. It, I think this, it was still snowing during that time. So we weren't really, uh, you know, once we go through, we weren't backing out. And, uh, you know, again, going through Canada, the Rocky Mountains, beautiful place. Anybody that travels through there, the Rocky Mountains are amazing. Don't go there during the winter time because you will get stuck there and you will need chains to pull out. But you did that. I, I did it. And <laughs> the, <laughs> it's funny because when I got to Canada, we were staying at a, RV camp area that we can park. And it was just um, these guys, they were rolling in and they had chains on and they were saying that, hey, you know what? You guys are going to need chains. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe we'll just wing it. Well, the thing is that the good thing, you know, uh, luck was on our side. There was no snow. The, the, the road was clear and uh, we just kind of went all the way through. And I all guess through Canada. Gotta, all through Canada. Took us two weeks to go through from the tip of the bottom of Alaska to you know, to the very top, the very bottom of uh, Canada to hit the U.S. borders. Yes. yes, it took us two weeks, and we thought it was going to be a lot easier. And you guys hit no snow. We did not hit any snow. It was wow. crazy. Yes, I also heard rumor, or actually, there's a place in somewhere near the Canada to Alaska where like. There's no, like, there's, that road has no city for, like, I think, like, three, four, five, six, or some thousand miles until you hit the next city. I forget what yeah. town it is. I think you're talking about Whitehorse. I think horse. you're right. Yeah, they, they give you a fair warning. Look, guys, there is no in motel, whatever, to the next, I don't know, X thousand mile miles. If you're stuck, you're stuck. That's yes. it, right? Yes, and you are correct. Once you're stuck there, you are stuck. I think the White, White Horse is the biggest city you go to. And once you pass White Horse, it's, you have to make sure you have uh, at least gas cans or uh, something to hold gas in there just in case. Because, I mean, you are burning a lot of gas, and it is a long trip. It's, uh, but it's a fun trip, though. Anybody should take it. Uh, that drive down from there, was it, you guys are going through the Rocky Mountains, right, the whole time. So it's like, wow, wow, just beautiful scenery. Scenery is just hills and mountains the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things to see out there, especially uh, there's, you know, we've we seen uh, there's buffaloes. Um, there's buffalo actually packs that you, that if you try go any closer to them, they will ram your car. Um, there's mooses. Uh, we saw a couple wolves. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things out there that you can uh, go and pass by. But the best thing was, especially the, the scenery, though, it's, it's amazing. You go past, okay, now you get in the U.S. The U.S. government, I mean, the border gave me a problem? Uh, you know, it's, they did. And did you get ripped off again, yeah. too? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, you fooled me once, that's your fault. You fooled yeah. me twice, that's mine. <laughs> but, um, you know, with the, with, come, going into Canada, it was actually easier than going from Canada to the United States. The United States was harder. So we, were, uh, we went to the border. I think 
I'm not, um, I want to say it was in Minnesota, one of those borders. But it was somewhere up there in Minnesota. Oh, you guys crossed kind of diagonal then? Yes. Okay, I thought you guys went in, that south, like, you know, hitting um, Washington, Seattle okay. or something. Uh, yeah, no, we, no, we, okay. Yeah, we were thinking about doing that, but we figured that we knew that one day we were going to land back in California, so we were going to take the trip up and come back down to California. So to make it uh, to make it easier, because I think it's Washington and then is it, correct me if I'm wrong. Washington and then Wyoming and then Minnesota. Is that correct? No, it's like Washington, Wyoming. There's one. I can't remember. There's one more state. North Dakota. Well, there's one more state. I can't even remember. Uh, I can't remember, but. Um, we well we did go through uh, Minnesota and uh, I want to say Minnesota is you know coming down from Minnesota so at the border we actually got uh, stopped three times um, and just just because so the first one was right at the border when they started talking to us they had the dogs and uh, everything me myself I have big dog and uh, he he hates other dogs I mean they're very yeah and um, he was, uh, and they were checking our car, our camper, making sure that we told them we were from Alaska. So Alaska, they're known for all their guns. And uh, so they wanted to make sure that we weren't bringing any gun. And then after that, we got stopped. And then we got stopped again because they were checking us again. We had to come out of the vehicle, take our dogs out. They searched our camper and everything. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot harder getting back into the United States than, uh, you know, getting into Canada. You went to Minnesota, you went, did you really do the 50 states? So the, the 50 states, so we went to uh, Minnesota and then we went, we went diagonally down. We went, we we're going to hit all the way to North Carolina. So we went to, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have to see a map, but it was either, we went to Minnesota, Wyoming, Michigan, and then uh, I think we went down to like Illinois or Ohio, Illinois. And then we went um, Kentucky all the way down until we hit North Carolina. And then we stayed in North Carolina for a while because uh, my wife's families are there. And we went up all the way to, uh, you know, Virginia and um, Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland. And then came back down to North Carolina, stayed there for a couple more months, went down to Florida, and then did, did the diagonal all the way to California. And uh, now we, have, we haven't hit all 50 states, but we have maybe a, a couple more states. We haven't gone to Hawaii, but <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how'd you do it with the car? I want to know, too. <laughs> yeah. With the, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to need more than a car for that. But, yeah, we're almost, we're almost there with it. Uh, we normally carry a big map with us every now and then. Man, that's super exciting. Just like that, you and your wife just said, we're quitting our jobs. You were at the cop then, you know, and, mm -hmm. you were, and your wife was probably working somewhere. And now you just said, let's just get out. Let's leave. And boom, just like that. Yeah, everybody thought we were kind of crazy, but. You know, I, I we told them that yeah we're still young so we can find jobs anywhere and we'll just we'll just go. <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. 
No, let's go back before um that's uh let's go back before a time when you had went on this uh journey and this fifty country travel with you and your wife. Talk to me back about you being an ex cop, man. I wanna hear you more know. stories about that. Like why'd you get into you know, police and all that stuff, dude? They like I not sound bad, but people wanna shoot you, you yeah. know. And you oh, see yeah, there yeah, no. And it's always half. It's either they love you, protect me, or they hate you and they want to shoot you. There's no, there's oh, no yeah. between, man. There's no between. There's, you know, there's, you're right. There's no black and white. There's always in the gray area. That's what we like to call it. And um, with when I first started, well, let me take you back. I, so I, I originally grew up in Los Angeles. And um, during that time in Los Angeles, sorry, let me just let my dog out. <laughs> Yeah, so during that time, um, so grew up in Los Angeles, and we were moving around a lot. My mom was a single mom with, uh, you know, six kids, and uh, during that time, my my stepdad now he's uh, he's Caucasian, and so it was a weird mixture of feelings of seeing. Okay, you know what? This is a we're a Hmong family. We kind of grew up Hmong, but now there's a guy that is not Hmong living in our house. And so, you know, and my, my, my dad, my biological dad, he was a, he was a, he was a druggie. And so it kind of brought me to a point where as I was going in life saying that, you know what, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be like that. Um, I'm going to be something different and uh, see where life takes me. And so back in, in 2000, um, in, when I was, I want to say 20, 20 or 19 around there, I decided I wanted to go uh, into the police force. And that's where it started up in Alaska. And when I got my, uh, you know, when I was talking to some of these police officers, they were saying, oh man, it's great. Um, you know, you make, you don't make the best money as a police officer at all. When people say, oh, you guys probably make so much money or what, you don't for what you do. Um, and the reason is because <clears throat> it all depends on each city, each county, each where you work. It's all different, just like any job. And uh, so in, when I was, uh, two, in, I want to say 2015, I, 2015 or, ooh, or 2014, one of those two. But uh, went to the police academy. Um, after that, I was finishing up the police academy. I was still 20 and they were saying, they, they said that, Hey, we can't hire you until you're 21. So no places was taking me. And right when I was finishing with the police academy, they were saying, you know what? Uh, we have three agency that definitely wants to pick you up. And the reason why is because my nationality, my Hmong, my Hmong culture, and uh, that's what sets me apart and us apart as Hmong people from a lot of people is because, you know, we're really uh, wanted because our Hmong language, our, our culture, the way we treat other people, it's a little different from yeah, a lot of people too. And it depends on where you grow and how you are. But, uh, but yeah, t during that time, you know, I started working for uh, one agency. It's in Whittier. If uh, 
and if anybody knows Whittier, there's a there's actually a tunnel that you have to ride through to get to the city, and that's the only one road that you can come back and forth. It's one way yeah. out, one way out, one way out, one way in. That's about it. And that that whole and there's one building that holds 300 resident in one building, and everybody lives there. One building, three, 300. <laughs> if you look it up, you'll understand. Right now, I'm telling you, it's like kind of confusing. Well, me, me, me being a possible suspect is like, wait, there's only one way in, <laughs> and there's one way out. If there's a yes. cop standing on the other side out, obviously they're going to catch me. I mean, it yeah. doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out at all, though. Well, it's, 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 you know, you're right. I'm not, I'm gonna tell you, you're right. It's, but once they've been living, once people's living there for a while, they start thinking of unique stuff. Like uh, one story. When, when I was there, uh, I was there for just two months. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know much, was still learning the process, was still learning how, uh, you know, how to arrest or what to do, the legal rights and stuff like that. There was one guy <clears throat> that we knew he was uh, selling meth. And uh, we knew he was selling meth. We knew he was moving it back and forth. But we knew what one, one day we were going to basically intercept him um, because he was moving at night. And again, you're right. There's only one way out, one way in. So we stayed at one end where we knew that, okay, you know what? He has to come this way. But later, but we stayed there for 24 hours, <laughs> did not sleep. We were sitting there for 24 hours. It was, it was a nightmare. And uh, the, later on found out that he actually had a boat that came and picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> and he was moving around away with his boat, so he went from city to city with his boat. This guy was a rocket scientist, man. This guy, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, these people are genius. And, uh, you know, the, the longer they've been in the business or what they do, they come up with stuff that is just amazing. Even amazing to us that we've been working there for a long time. We find and out, you guys oh, never figured that he was flying from, flying, going through ship or boat. Yeah, we never figured it out until like I want to say a month later, and they're saying. Hey, so what's the lead to that? How's the lead to that? Who figured that out? So, the, so again, this is a small town. Uh, there's about three hundred people that live in the building. Yeah, and we and then there's also, um, so and it, it, that place is a big fishery town too. So the business, the reason why there's good business there is because of the, all the fish, and the factories that go through there. And there's only one road, and that road takes you through the whole city, and that's about it. And during that uh, during that time, there it was a fishing time. It was about two. Now there's about two thousand people that are on that little place, and the fishing guy, the one of the guy that owns one of the fishery, I think it, it was Trident. That's what the place is called. They saw this boat that keeps parking at their harbor and keeps going back and forth. And the, the, guy, the one the manager that works there says, hey, you know, uh, he came and reported to us. He's, hey, you know, we've been seeing uh, this guy. He described the guy. And we're like, okay, yeah, we know him. 
And they said, yeah, we've been seeing him on the bow and going back and keep parking on my area and going back and forth, keep parking my area. So that's what got us kind of suspicious was mm. that he was um, moving. He was going through there every single night and moving it around. And uh, that's how he was caught. <laughs> it's crazy. So you guys seen caught up through the tunnel. Yeah, he's caught him out the parking lot. Yeah, we caught him at the back, <laughs> the back alley, basically. Back alley. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, uh, you know, they're... Yeah, it becomes, uh, they're, they're very good at that. If, if Alaska is known for guns, man, you got a good story about like guns blazing and stuff like that? Oh, wow, yeah. We have, uh, so Alaska, you know, they are not, um, they, you don't need a license to basically have a gun. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, license, uh, the gun, is, and you don't even need a license to conceal carry. Can you carry a fully automatic? You can carry anything, basically. Really? Yes. Grenade launchers, you name it. Grenade launchers, anything. Anything that's, oh, wow. uh, you know, there's, there's levels of gun, and there's, like, level three gun, and a lot of, there's a lot of people that have AK-47 automatic. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that shoots um, a lot of automatic stuff. Um, Uzis. There's a lot of Uzis up there, and it's run fully automatic. <laughs> <laughs> do tell a story and, then do tell so let me see here so there was um in, in in the face of law enforcement you know every law enforcement story is different because <clears throat> it's just a different uh it depends on the totality of it everything that's going on and um in my particular case was back in, uh, not in that town, but it was a different town. It was a different agency that I worked for. And uh, the, there was a guy, and apparently he's been traveling for a while. He's been traveling. It's a small little boat, maybe 24-foot boat, and he's been traveling uh, just Alaska, just seeing how everything is, and it's just him. And normally when you travel alone, you don't really talk to anybody. You could become, uh, I don't, I don't want to say senile, but I guess start imagining things or um, having some type of mental breakdown because you've just been alone for so long. And uh, that's what happened to, I'm guessing that's what happened to this guy. So we got a call um, going to this place, uh, this, at the boat harbor, and the guy there was a guy screaming inside the boat and we thought he was screaming with somebody or arguing with somebody and the harbor master he gave us a call and says hey we have this guy at the harbor he's screaming going crazy the boat's moving back and forth and i said okay uh you know i'll come down and check it out and uh during that time i thought it was just a noise alert uh, most of the, the officers, uh, my backup, I said, yeah, hey, don't worry, I'll take care of it. It's just a you know, noise, maybe nothing else. And I went there, and next thing you know, there was guns blazing, <laughs> guns popping everywhere. They were, uh, the guy, he started screaming, and I, you know, I hear three shots that goes inside the boat. Yeah, and I didn't you? know where. No, I, inside I the boat. Yeah, inside the boat. I'm not sure if it was at me or if it was at somebody. You were still, and, uh, you were still on the landing sh on shore, right? Then by the time he yeah, shot. I was, yeah, I was still. Uh, yeah, You're the first still, responder too, right? Yes, I'm the first guy that got there. 
and um, I wasn't I wasn't on land. I was on this deck, this deck of uh, where the boat was, and I was coming up on the deck. And as I was walking on the deck, the guy just, you know, I think it was three shots that goes on, and it was bam, bam, bam. And then uh, right there, you know, as uh, your reaction, you kind of react to whatever's there. So of course, me, my first thing was, okay, you know what, safety first. <laughs> Take out my, uh, I had my gun on me, I, you know, radio in, said I need to back up, shots fired somewhere in the boat, and. Uh, during that time, I was the closest guy to the boat. And the guy, he peeked out the window of his boat and he's, he can see me. And he said, who are you? Who are you? And, you know, of course, uh, and I go there and present myself, you know, police, police, you know, put down your gun, put down your gun, we are the police. And the guy said, there's somebody in here trying to steal my stuff. And somebody in here that broke in and is fighting me. And I said, and then we just waited, waited. We told him to step out of the, uh, step out of the boat. And he said he shot somebody. And I said, okay, step out of the boat, you know, with your hands up. And uh, we waited for a while. He hesitated for, I want to say we waited, I think, 30 minutes just until, waiting until he can come out. And he finally came out. It was an old, it was an, it was an elderly guy. He's had, he had to be in his 50 or 60. And he was coming out with his hands up. Um, right there, we cuffed him. And he said, I shot somebody inside the boat. And we're like, great. <laughs> we're like, great, we need medics. Yep. So, um, so medics came and stand by and, we were working on the case, so slowly moving into a boat. So it's kind of different, you know. You've seen on TV when people, like when police goes, they what when they charge when uh, when you watch a breach, basically we call it a breach when they're breaching into a house. What they call that, and they do it really fast. They call it a dynamic. So they they dynamically go inside there really fast to clear out the area. Oops, to clear out the area. But the boat, it's a little bit different. It was small. We, there was no good way to get inside. We couldn't see anything inside. So we basically had to step on the boat. You know, the boat's rocking. And uh, we went ahead and, and, you know, of course, we always say, police, we're coming in. Uh, you know, or anybody else in there, step out. And then we went in. And we looked around. And uh, there was there was nobody. Nobody. There was a there, yeah. There was so there was nobody there, and there was a pair of pants, clothes everywhere. It was all it, it looks all like a mess in there. <laughs> it's all a mess in there, and uh, and we we're like, there, there's nobody in there. The guy said, well, there was somebody. There was three guys, and I knew I had to defend myself, so I shot. That's why I shot three times, and he counted his shot too. So it was it was very interesting. This guy must be high as a kite or some mushroom or something. Maybe it could be that, <laughs> but I think he was just. I think he's just. He said he has been on the boat for twenty uh, for twenty four days all alone, and uh, yeah. So I'm glad you walked out safe and no bullets through you and your friends and nobody got. Oh hurt. yeah, I mean, there was, well, what's funny is that once we were in there. We noticed the boat going down a little. 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> there was water shot leaking. Yeah. yeah, he shot down and water was leaking into the boat. And so we got out really quick before the boat started sinking even sinking. more. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're okay from that. I mean, that, if you're living that small of a town, I'm, I'm assuming you guys don't have any crazy uh, high-speed chase. No. Well, you know, you, you guys, like, sometimes you think about that, and we do have high-speed chases. No way! Dude, Just there's the one way we're not out again. Come oh, on, no, there's only one road. <laughs> so the, the, this second, so the first agency, it's a small, it's Whittier. It's a small little route. So that one you don't. But my second agency that I worked for, it was a decent size uh, area, but there wasn't as much road. But um, there is still high high speed. For some reason, they still think they can get away, and uh, it's funny because they can't can't really get away from that. It's I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Honestly. Did you get? Did you have an experience of one? Um, there was a high speed chase. So this other. Uh, so I used to work in an island. And this island, you cannot go anywhere. You, you, you can't, yeah, the only way you can get out is either plane. I guess or I'm laughing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. And so this, this island, the guy, one of the guy, he was, we knew he was drunk, wasted. He, he almost ran into uh, a lady's house. And so that's why the lady called us and says, hey, there's somebody driving real fast down the road, almost hit my house. And so we went and drove around, and at nighttime, it, it was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And they were saying, hey, um, a lot of people were coming out of the house or just calling and says, hey, this crazy truck going around town, uh, nearly hitting our car. Um, and so we're like, okay. Then we, we drove around, and we're like, oh, we don't see it. And then we just kind of turn off our lights uh, on, our, on our car, and it was almost pitch black, turn off our lights and just sat there. We were like, me, I was talking to one of my buddies and I was, I was saying, hey, I don't see the car. Um, maybe the car went, you know, to go park somewhere to sleep it off with the guy and maybe we'll just find it tomorrow. And so my buddy was like, yeah, maybe. Uh, let's just go ahead and call it in and uh, see what they want us to do. And right when we were about to call it in, we see this truck just Boom! <laughs> right in front of us, and we're like, "Never mind, we found the car." <laughs> yeah, we're like, "Never mind, we found the car." So, this uh, the, how the road is structured is kind of funny because there's like a loop, a big loop around, and there's different kind of a small little road. Then you can go off road too with this in the island, and we. Follow the guy. We went around in a circle for the longest time. So we're like, I told my buddy, I said, "Hey, why don't you go the other way and see if he'll stop?" So he went the other way. So we both kind of went around, and he was kind of in the middle. We went around like this to kind of stop the vehicle. But I mean, that that was a big truck. It was one of the, I guess it was like a lifted Chevy Silverado, and it's just huge. And uh, we're like, no, we're not gonna go ahead and ram him or anything. Because this truck was a, a regular regular truck. You know those those like lift up truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big big one diesel, those. one of the biggest ones oh, too. Uh, yeah. Hey, what were you driving oh. in a little Ford Explorer or something like that, or, or what Ranger? Yes. Yeah, it was a it was a well, I think oh it was a Chevy Tahoe. Oh, I was okay. driving in a Chevy Tahoe, and oh. uh, it was 
yeah, it was it was just a mess, and that and so that truck drove away. It got away from us. We chased it for the longest time in the smallest little town. You think about <laughs> it. It was just like cat and mouse. <laughs> yeah. So we weren't gonna do anything. We weren't gonna do anything crazy. Hilarious as this sound, you know, with a little island, and you're not talking like U.S. or like L.A. or whatever, right? And the whole big road is just you're flying down. Oh. It's yeah. Hilarious, man. Let's you know, let's let's move on forward into today. You're an ex-cop now, uh-huh. uh, man. What's your bias and take on some of these nutty stuff that's going in, like the Twin City, aka looting in Minneapolis that recently happening? Yeah, it's, I mean, you got um, these guys serving. You know, I mean, they were your fellows. You too. Imagine of them like doing what they got to do to protect and serve, and people getting looting. Maybe kind of getting your opinion on that. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard to say because to say it, cause we're not, we're not there. So we don't see it. You don't see it with your eye. We only see it through media. And, uh, here, like when we heard about, uh, George Floyd, the, you know, one, uh, that person that really kind of sparked everything going on now and kind of, um, yeah, and it's still going. <clears throat> it's kind of you know when, when I heard that, and then when we saw the video, and what's even what's even a little bit I guess more sad was that one of the cops was Hmong too, was a Hmong man, uh, Hmong tall, you know, and it, it after seeing that, you know, I'm gonna tell you any cop that sees that video, and it could it I mean it could just be me, but. Anybody that any cops that you see at, and you see that, you know, we we are we we are taught yes to in the academy to how to restrain people in a good in a good way where we can keep them safe. But when you put your knee on somebody's neck, anybody, that's one of the worst cases you can do because you're not supposed to put it on their neck. You're supposed to put it on their back. You're supposed to put it on their back, and that's to put the pressure and the weight down. Or some people they don't put it on their neck; they they put it on their head. So when you can control the head part, when you control the head, you basically control the body, just like a just like a snake. When you control the snake head, you control the whole body how it how it reacts. But you know, after hearing, uh, after seeing that, and hearing that, and seeing how everything's going on in uh, Twin Cities. It's very sad to see because I think a lot of the, a lot of the cops there, you know, they're just, they're just doing their job and they have a job to do, a duty to do, to keep everybody safe. And, uh, you know, the only thing is that you can only do your best. You can't, uh, you know, you, you can't put, like, you can't put your emotion into it when it's either the system is, you know, you follow the law, whatever the law says, you kind of you follow that and see how, and after that, you know, you go through of course, the court, uh, the court system, the justice system, and you have to go through that process. But, you know, with everybody's take, it's, it's all different. Everybody uh, have different opinions. Um, you know, we, we see that and we say, oh man, you know, that was bad to see another cop put his 
knee on somebody else's neck and the guy saying i can't breathe that that that's even a little that's even you know worse that's hard to watch and when we see that even as cops we said you know that's wrong to do you should not be doing that but the the twin city it's you know it's it's been kind of crazy over there actually it makes a lot of yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty nutty out there and i don't know if i feel safe sometime too to be honest and yeah well, do you do you, are you over there i am i would say the slang term i'm kind of across from the hood okay. <laughs> i live in the twin city but kind of like uh-huh. they say suburbs of you know what i'm saying so kind of say i'm kind of across the street from the area but like oh, okay. the next suburb or but still just like just do i feel safe out here now is it pretty uh I guess was it bad? I wasn't there to see, but is it is it bad? Yeah, I went down the the street that got looted and things are burnt. It's it's like you're wow. driving. You're just like you, it's like you're playing Call of Duty with some burnt houses and yeah. building and like this is some third world country stuff, man. You don't see this stuff and it's in my neighborhood, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's exactly what they see on news, man. So that's wow, pretty crazy, you know. But hey, that's you know that was your. Uh, last pass of your being your last career being an ex-cop you moved on forward i hear you you started a company you're you know you're not a cop no more and you left that and you and your friends and co-founder started a company what is that yeah um the company is called envision growth and uh what we do is we help business owners and employees and uh as in helping them what we do is we provide uh, benefit packages for employees and owners in a in a more least expensive because um you know because now it's more expensive as ever and you see a high rise of people getting into the benefit into the life insurance into the medical health more into that is because with with everything going on they're like i don't know if i'm safe i don't i need to make sure that i have everything prepared because we can leave out you know, with everything going on, we can leave today and, you know, there might be somebody out there that might do harm to us or anything can happen. So uh, the Envision Growth Company, we've been, uh, I've been working in the financial service now uh, for six years. When I was, oh, sorry, for five years, when I was a cop, I started learning more about that. And so I started working at the same time, doing that as a side gig and working as a cop. And so that's what got to us now. And uh, yeah, Envision Growth, it's, it's growing and we're working in Sacramento helping uh, business owners and employees uh, to have them accessible to uh, benefits. Exciting and congrats to, you know, you moving from flipping burgers to Annex Cop yeah. <laughs> and now owning, your own, you know, owning you and your friends owning a business now, man. It's super exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Kind of, it's kind of nice to take a break from the law enforcement uh, side. It does take a toll on you. It takes a toll on you. Are you going to take another fifty, you know, state trip too? Is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> maybe. <laughs> maybe I'll come and uh, you know visit the the Twin Cities again and see how it is now. And uh, hopefully, I you know hopefully everything's good now. But uh, maybe one day I have to hit Hawaii. Have to. You got to get a boat this time. Put that in yes. mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> but hey, that's yeah. super exciting. You know, one thing I want, the last few things I'm going to say to you is, man, 
what does it mean to be a Hmong man? You know, I'm gonna tell you the truth. In the beginning of, uh, you know, growing up, again, I have a Caucasian uh, Amiga dad, and I didn't know what at first was to become, or was a, you know, as, as a Hmong man. All I knew was, you know, as a, as a man. But after experiencing and seeing the lives of other Hmong people and learning from other Hmong people, I see as a Hmong man, we are, you know, capable of anything in the world as long as we set our mind to it. We don't have to follow the um, traditional Hmong, uh, the Hmong way. We as a uh, Hmong man can be stronger, can be uh, more brave and can say no to things that we feel like it's not, you know, proper way to do it. But that, that's what, that, as a Hmong man, that's what holds deep to my heart. So I'm glad I'm Hmong and have a second language that I can use in this new world. <laughs> with, with that being said, can you give Ethan the younger version of himself an advice? No, uh, what would you say to him? You know, don't grow too fast. <laughs> That's what I would say. Don't grow too fast. Uh, you know, experience the time, love the time, pressures every uh, time that you have. And uh, eventually you will come to this point. But, you know, relax, don't grow too fast, work hard, and I keep going. Lastly, Ethan, you've been a great guest on here. Our listener wants to find you and give us a quick pitch where we can find you. Where? Can you give us that? Yeah. Um, you can find me on uh, our website. We have a website called uh, Envision Growth. Envision, it's Envision slash, or dash, sorry, in and then dash visiongrowth.com. You can find our website right there. Um, and you can also find me on social media on Facebook at Ethan Tao. Um, I'm always there. Always uh, I'll take any message or anything that goes on. Well, we are super super humble for your time to coming on and join us talking about flipping burgers to crazy police chasing around the island yes. <laughs> guns blazing <laughs> glad you didn't get yeah. shot you know being an ex-cop and then now owning your company thank you so much for your time man uh, thank you for uh thanks for having me on here i really appreciate it awesome dude well that ends our episode if you haven't yet visit our website at www momentalk.com or find us on facebook moment talk lastly if you're listening on on us on a podcast from stitcher or spotify google play or itunes please give us an honest rating one last thing we want to give a shout out and dj peter for allowing us to use your song and beats thank you so much you can check them out on youtube